it wasn't his driver's fault, but a fuel tanker hit his driver from the back. The fuel tanker blew up, exploded into flames. Just imagine like a, a whole truck full of fuel for the gas station blowing up in the, in the flames and somehow this is part two of our discussion with Christian Gebis, CEO and founder of Autobahn AI. Autobahn AI is an artificial intelligence powered trucking company that retrofits trucks to lessen accidents, improve efficiency, and make operating a truck less tedious. I personally had the pleasure to meet Christian through a mutual Polish friend and got to learn the ins and outs of what Autobahn is working on. If you haven't already, Listen to part one to find out how it all began. An engineer, banker, and dancer go on a hike. They realize how things have changed and start a podcast. Hi, I'm Jed, the banker. I'm Shikhar, the engineer. And I'm Adrian, the dancer. And we are THC. We break down topics, meet pioneers, and share ideas. Welcome to Things Have Changed. Truck drivers, they're the lifeblood. They're the ones that are going out, helping these fleets make money. They're basically running the whole transportation across the U.S. It's really difficult to bring this technology to mass scale and in a way that's regulated, safe, and has all the legal process all figured out. How is the government helping or hindering the development of this technology? They are working towards trying to make things a little bit more clear in terms of regulations and policy for the private sector. When we think about policy, we are going in a different direction than the majority of the industry is, and, and that is that they are going you know, straight for driverless. We see that still as a from a truly large scale commercialization standpoint as very far off because there still is a lot of improvements in technology that need to be made and therefore proven to these regulators and government officials. So when regulators think about, you know, how are we going to be approving this technology? Well, you have federal regulators and then you have state regulators. There's a lot more conversation that's happening at the federal level, but at the state level where I think it actually matters the most at the state level, each state has different regulations for trucking. Between like two states, sometimes a driver will have to get out of their truck and they'll have to adjust the distance of their back of the trailer wheels, like how far they are back. And the reason for that is that it creates a tighter turning angle. And certain states require you to have those wheels closer to the front, and some states say you have to have them closer to the back. So requirements like this will obviously restrict and limit where you can operate, for example, completely without a driver. One of the many points as to why we believe, you know, the drivers, driver is a very crucial, important component to this particular job of trucking, because there's a lot more things that they are needed for right now than, than just, you know, steering and throttling and braking. I guess I'm curious if there, if the government has offered any sort of help or any sort of funding towards like improving this, it's been identified as like the third most dangerous job in the U S it's, it's the lifeline of, of the U S economy, like 70% of, of tonnage uh, freight is being delivered through, through trucks. Like 
what is the government doing anything about this? Like in terms of that, in, instead of just offering policy restrictions? There could be more that could be done by the government in terms of more grant funding, things like this. I, I definitely think so. There have been some grant opportunities that other grant opportunities that we've applied to uh, ourselves with other companies in, t- in tandem and partnership with like the Illinois Department of Transportation. We applied, didn't get that one. And I think there was one that we applied to with Argonne National Laboratory as well. So, so there, there are funding opportunities, but not as many as you probably would think should be in existence in order to like really accelerate this stuff. I guess this is where having the scale and might of like Google and all their lobbyists kind of comes <laughs> into play where they could just uh, tweak laws. But yeah, I mean, hopefully things uh, improve in that level just because based on the savings, efficiency, health, uh, it's just a no-brainer. Looks like. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was watching a video yesterday. I think it was a vice. It, this truck driver is pointing out how Truck driving is one of the the most um, uh, unthanked jobs in the U.S. Just because so much of our economy moves through it, and, and nobody gives a shit about them, they get little pay. And yeah. you know, it's it's refreshing to see companies like you who are taking into account, like, okay, what what about safety? How are they getting there on time besides efficiency and all that? But yeah, there's yeah. twelve people that die every day um, from Whoa. truck accidents. That's one hundred and ten million dollars so it's 9.6 million dollars per fatality you don't get the average conversation of what about trucking like i never thought about the lives of truckers i never thought about like the industry of trucking from an engineering perspective like how did you how did you get into this when did you start getting ideas to sort of fix this problem was it driven by the the danger inherent in truck driving or was it driven by the interest in how can i improve this process i definitely got cut off by a truck a couple times which why the hell can't this be prevented? And that was essentially at the same time as when I was at the University of Illinois doing competitive robotics for a student organization called Chicago Engineering Design Team. We were building fully autonomous robots for NASA's robotic mining competition down at Kennedy Space Center. We took second place there out of 15 universities. And at the same time, there was a competition called AUVSI, partially funded by DARPA, by the Department of Defense, and that was like a also fully autonomous robot that needed to avoid kind of like simulated mines in a field, have to go from GPS point, avoid construction barrels, things like this. So that was kind of like where my background came in. And I think like it was my third year in, and I was already picking up on the new wave of of AI and, and in particular computer vision applications and how this amazing approach of you can get what it took a PhD researcher before like eight months, you can get that done in like two weeks or less if you go out and you collect data and you label that data. And it was this amazing thing that really caught you know my attention. I said, I really need to be a part of this. And, and uh, figuring out an application for a real world application is then what I started thinking a lot about. And I had a... Uh, kind of an internship, I guess, or contract position that I was hired for. Literally, the guys, I think, picked me up at like three in the morning at the, on the day of the competition. Uh, they were there. They came like from India. I was this company called Aro Robotics. I think it was like 40 degrees outside. And I'm outside. There's like pretty much nobody there. But they picked me up and they're like, hey, can you, 
you know, come and help us make these maps more simulations. Uh, we really, they like saw what I was doing on my computer and like, we need that. So came out there basically like in a very short notice and was doing autonomous shuttles, helping them build autonomous shuttles. They were a Y Combinator company, did very well, successfully, learned a lot from the founders in a very short period of time. But anyway, you know, th that's when I got my first taste of like a startup and I knew that this is definitely what I want to do. I worked at Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which was like also a great experience, but I just didn't think that the kind of typical corporate environment was where I would best utilize myself, I guess, for betterment of people and, and society. That's really ultimately what motivates me uh, is how can I apply myself in that way. I started thinking a lot about, okay, autonomous driving is definitely the, the future, but cars, well, that's super well-funded. Waymo, you know, Tesla, pretty much, you know, Uber, Cruise, there's just a lot of money there, super saturated. But at the time, this was like 2016, there really wasn't any attention that was paid to for trucks. And a few months after I started working on this, I think uh, you had like the, uh, the Budweiser with Auto, which was later acquired by Uber for 680 million. And then now the founder, I believe, might be going to jail for stealing that IP from Google. So yeah, it's yeah. a whole but, The Lewandowski guy, right? Yeah, it's like he, he owed Google like $120 million yeah, yeah. Uh, and filed bankruptcy. So, so that's how I started. And uh, I had a lot of exposure from the family side, family, friends. A lot of people were in the trucking industry. So they were either drivers, fleet owners, or they own third-party logistics companies. So I was always hearing their problems. In particular, one that always really stuck with me was a family friend of ours. He owned about a hundred truck fleet. And he told me both times, this happened to him two times, and coincidentally it happened to him on his birthday each time, where his driver got into an accident. It wasn't his driver's fault. A fuel tanker hit his driver from the back. The fuel tanker blew up, exploded into flames. Just imagine like a, a whole truck full of fuel for the gas station. Uh, blowing up in the, in the flames. And somehow, even though that that truck hit our family friend's driver from the back, somehow our family friend ended up getting sued. I think it was for $3 million. And that happened on his birthday. But then the other one was, was, was similar, just what didn't involve like a fuel tanker, but his driver was pulled over on the side of the road and got hit from behind. He got sued, I think, for two or two million dollars i think it was but long story short it was almost enough to bankrupt the company i was like okay well that's a serious i like i started looking around like who was doing this there was some dash cam companies there was some i guess insurance tracking companies for like accidents and immediate assistance but there really wasn't anything that for example captured the footage of like all around the vehicle i think in those two scenarios where i had this you know story told to me it's like okay well yeah dash cams probably can they, they take care of a lot of the the parts where are you know where's where's all the side where's all the rest of the sensors and the, the truck oems are typically they have six to eight year development cycles so they're typically a lot farther behind also automotive so whatever you see in automotive now you really want to years ago, like, like, yeah and, and an example of this would be every single car that i think you buy today at the dealership or through tesla or whoever but every single one has electric power steering and still Every single truck coming off the assembly line right now is only equipped with hydraulic power steering. You have to install an electric power steering system, um, an aftermarket 
electric power steering system in order to provide any form of like lane keep assistance or any autopilot control because those the vehicles the trucks on the road today do not have that ability so that that's why we see it as so important really to like figure out in a way it kind of like an almost like an aftermarket assembly system i didn't realize how outdated some of the technology is makes me actually worried to get on the freeway now (laughs) <laughs> well, hopefully I'm not preventing you from wanting to, to, to go around, but actually something else probably should be preventing you, which is the virus, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> Driving from Arizona to San Diego after visiting Jed and Shicker, I don't know where I was, but I was definitely in the middle of nowhere, like 70, 80 miles away from any big city. And as I'm passing a truck on uh, or getting ready to pass a truck on the left lane, his tire bursts causing the tire to ricochet the, um, what do you call those? The tire covers, like the wheel well. And so that metal piece just flew straight at my windshield. And to this day, my insurance probably hasn't been paid by that company because the truck driver had a passenger when he wasn't supposed to. Insurance doesn't cover him when he has a passenger. They never took responsibility for it. So my insurance company basically had to pay for it, even though it was completely truck's fault because his tire burst there's a lot of those types of situations where just immediate insurance is well it's whatever you can't prove that's where you have the wiggle room to get out of it right so being able to prove it it has its both positives and negatives right it can work for you or it can work against you but at the end of the day if you look at like how much time is spent in resolving it so that that's where we see adding value we don't want to underwrite at least i mean i don't think we have the resources to underwrite a policy ourselves right now but which is why we're trying to partner with somebody to do this. And we have, we have a great partner right now, and it works. Hopefully, that'll be something that we'll be able to announce mid to later this year. How is the virus affecting it right now? How 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 is that hysteria? Obviously, it's affecting everybody's life, but like specifically your company. Because I'm curious to find out like what the supply chain issues will be weeks down the line, um, in light of the the stoppages in China and the freezing of production of things. I saw a couple articles from the the post the washington post that were talking about truck drivers getting laid off i don't know is 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 there anything that you guys are are doing or instructing your employees or people that you're working with to i don't know address the problem i guess we don't see any disruption in terms of like how much business we're doing but it's because uh, of the type of freight that we're moving and in with what is going on in the world right now, the type of freight that we are moving is in extreme high demand, which is basically medical equipment. So that is going very well for us right now. We you know, chose something that even during downtimes in the economy is, is always needed. So, and, and that's actually an area where there's a high level of cargo theft as well, right? So yeah, there's, there's strategic reasons a lot of strategic reasons why we decided to go after a specific type of freight to get, get to market. There's a significant you know, difference between like transporting bottles of water versus transporting, say, pharmaceuticals or, or medical equipment. There's a lot of higher demands. That makes a difference on how much you get paid and stuff like this. So you chose certain types of products to associate with putting this product into market? Is, and then you mentioned medical devices and pharmaceuticals? Is yeah. that what you guys started with strategically? Medical is what we primarily have put our focus on right now. They're very expensive machines. They're very expensive pieces of equipment that are the 
best first, for example, adopters of you know vehicles that are able to drive safer, less erratically, uh, and with a higher level of security. There's an aspect to it more than just um, you know stealing of the cargo that that will help resolve the fact that you know the cargo was stolen. It'll just be able to resolve it much in a way quicker. Um, but in terms of uh, and how have we helped our customer reduce you know time and and stress? We've been when I mentioned earlier, you know, our machine tipped over in our trailer. Uh, we were able to help them diagnose the situation really fast and come to an understanding that it was actually in a warehouse worker on their side that didn't load and strap the cargo correctly. What that allows them to do is then provide that worker with better training to eliminate the issue in the future. Because it's not that the point of this is not to you know find the necessarily just like the flaws in everybody and start firing everybody for things that they're doing bad. It's, it's like, how do we improve this so that it doesn't happen again later? And I think that's like the same trend that you're like seeing with dash cams and fleets starting to use that footage to help train their drivers to do you know better decisions. I mean, you're kind of creating Autobots, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, really big Optimus products. <laughs> If they can stand up, uh, I'll let you guys know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Things Have Changed. Be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and follow us on our Instagram at THC underscore pod. We're going to see you next time.